Bitcoin fixes the money, the Beef Initiative fixes the food and nutrition. Step into some new awareness that incorporates some much needed food intelligence into your life. This is Texas Slim with Texas Slim's vision. Texas Slim here with Texas Slim's Vision. I am in Nashville today, and this is kind of a impromptu podcast. I drove in yesterday. I've been on the road for a week right now and uh, was able to come into Nashville uh, last night. Um, came into a new studio here that we're going to be seeing a lot of within the Beef Initiative. We're over here at uh, Bitcoin TV Studios at the new Bitcoin Park in Nashville. That's all I'm going to say about that. We're going to have a big announcement tomorrow. Um, let them do everything. But I'm coming to meet with some people because they want to do something they want to have a headquarters here in Nashville with the Beef Initiative, and they want to hear and they want to see kind of what we've done in Texas and Colorado. So I called up uh, Jason Rick of Rick Ranches and Cole Bolton of KNC Cattle, and they're with us today. And we're going to have this. Uh, it's going to be a pretty quick rip. It's going to be 60 minutes. We're busy guys here. and But we wanted to uh, come, around, come around and let uh, the rancher tell the story. And so, hey, guys, how you doing? Awesome. How are you, Slim? I'm doing well. I'm kind of road weary, but I'm here. Hey, Cole. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, I talked to you the other day, and you, you, uh, Cole, you said because you, you you road weary yet, and it, it kind of made me laugh. Is like because a lot of people I don't think they know that you're a professional team roper and what that involves as far as uh, going around the country trying to uh, make a living being a team roper. So I think you can relate. Yeah, yeah, lots of lots of the hurry up and wait, drive to one spot, spend a lot of time, drive to the next. Hey, it's ranching, it's rodeo, it's beef initiative. Yeah, it's a lifestyle, isn't it? Yep. And Jason, you're all over the state of Colorado all the time. You were out driving, weren't you? You've been pretty busy. Let's start with yeah. you on on kind of where you are right now because we have 60 minutes. I want to know exactly what you're doing. Uh, you we came to the Kerrville conference and everything. We've been talking for the you know this past six seven months everything that we've done i want you to talk about where we came from where you are and what were you and i and everybody in the beef initiative is looking at colorado for well yeah and that's you know we started with uh, this phone call and this twitter connection with this crazy guy texas slim and this mm-hmm. vision that he had for moving forward connecting producers directly with consumers and um it didn't take me long to vet you and what you were trying to do and want to get on board wholly invested. And so since then, it's been this insane whirlwind tour and it's uh, just completely catapulted our business and our, our awareness of our consumers throughout the state of Colorado. It's one of those things where so many people didn't even know you could buy a quarter of a cow, a half a cow, a whole cow. And um, through Bitcoin, through Twitter, through the Beef Initiative, we've been able to connect to, you know, close to a hundred new people just in the last six to seven months. That's, that's crazy. And, and Cole, I, you know, I think you, you and I were basically were our first connection in Texas, really, as far as really working together. And, you know, you and I have, have basically almost talked to each other probably four to five times a week at times. And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's every day. So what is going on with Q Cole since the first time I came out to your ranch? Well, uh, quite a few things, I guess. Uh, you cowpilled me. You, you you got me on board with Bitcoin, which is funny because I'm a banker um, right. by trade. Um, our company, we went from just doing e-commerce sales to partnering with the Beef Initiative to ship boxes uh, all across the country and specifically really targeting in on Texas. Um, and since that time i'm about six weeks away from opening a regional usda processing facility so that we can help other farmers and ranchers get market access and get their product harvested and not have to wait 12 months to make that happen Um, i've been on a couple conference calls today because we're going to bring some of the newest technology that you can into processing to help producers manage inventory barcode SKU, have checklists of everything they get from a from a a processing facility things that historically we never have been able to touch uh, at a small scale and we're going to bring that to the producer and my most exciting thing as a bitcoiner i didn't even tell you i I know i've hinted (laughs) 
But as of yesterday, I have officially earned my first full Bitcoin selling beef. That's so badass. That's <laughs> Cole, that's good. Awesome. I mean, that's monumental right there. Um, that doesn't happen too often. Or I don't know. Has it ever happened? I don't think anybody's ever been live on camera <laughs> saying, hey, I just earned a full Bitcoin with beef. I, I, think, uh, I think we have proof of work now on both sides, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been awesome. That's a, that's a great story. And, you know, this processing center, I th- a lot of people don't understand. And um, I'm going to I'm going to come back and talk about the processing center, because I think it's very key that everybody understand what really kind of hinders them in understanding what the beef industry is, where it's going in the market access that is controlled by the processing center. So I'm going to jump over to Jason and I want Jason to kind of explain how he sees market access right now as being one of the most important things in the industry that we're playing in right now and that we're innovating through. Yeah, absolutely. Because people talk about, well, let's just build a new plant, you know, and we'll compete with the big guys. The problem is, is the big guys already have the market access tied up. So you have to start looking at consumers and changing their way of thinking and get them back to focusing on that, the local producers. You know, there's an ad that I just read today on an email that I received that one of the largest um, fifth generation ranches is talking about building their own facility that would process a thousand head a day more than the largest facility in the United States currently, which is a Cargill plant. And And I'm thinking to myself, that's great. But where are you going to sell those beeves? Where are you going to sell those 10,000 beeves a day? Whereas the big producers or the big um, processing facilities already have the market access tied up. They have the contracts with the big retailers. They have the contracts with the grocery chains, all of that stuff. So it doesn't matter that you're going to build a Sorry, I'm on a conference call. It doesn't matter that you're going to to um, build a new plant and try and compete with those guys. You'll never have the market access. And that's the most exciting thing about the beef initiative and what we're doing there is we're bringing all these different producers in and giving them a platform to where they can advertise their wares on the beef initiative website. And if they so choose to do exactly what Cole and KNC cattle is doing and ship beef all over the United States, it gives them the opportunity to have real world market access completely across the contiguous 48 states. Whereas otherwise, if they're just trying to peddle them, you know, mom and pop here, there and everywhere, you never can predict what your market's going to be. And if you don't have enough storage, it's really hard to be able to peddle beeves like that. Whereas if you can put boxes together and sell those and have market access all over the United States, it makes it a lot easier to get number one cash flow and number two, get all of those returns back to the farm gate. Because right now, all those guys are selling feeder calves or even fat cattle on the market competing against the factory um, giant feedlots. And they're, <clears throat> you know, the efficiency that they have, especially feeding lots of byproducts, you can't compete as a small farmer feeder. It's just one of those things, unless you're selling direct to consumer. And that's the thing that we continue to tell, and I preach everyone, you know, everyone talks about, well, we need to do this and we need to do that. And, and then at the end of the day, you need market access. You need to have a place for your particular kind of beef to go so you can sell it direct to consumer. Because if you're not doing that, you're leaving money on the table. And that's the thing that I found <clears throat> as our business continues to grow and the education portion continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the more ears that you're in and the more time screen time that we get with all the things that we've done in the beef initiative, whether it was Kerrville conference, whether it's going to be our Colorado conference podcasts, all of these things, YouTube, all of social media. It's one of those things that people are starting to pay attention. And if you, listen to what we're saying and you get on board, you know, number one is your health going to get better. Your food security is going to get better. And then you get more and more small producers market access to be able to actually make a living wage and not struggle year to year to year just to keep the ranch or farm going. 
Yeah. And one thing you brought up there, you talked about, you're, you're talking about what I'm starting to call pillars as far as content, you know, because you're an educator, you're a rancher, you guys need to look at different points of power that you can basically empower yourselves with to help create new revenue streams, awareness and content that actually really benefits the, the individual that's looking for that market access. So by you saying that, what you just explained is exactly what Cole's just about to do as a rancher here in Texas. And Cole, what um, one thing that you and I have uh, been talking about from the very beginning was, you know, let's talk about your processing plant because it's a clean processing plant. And that's a big buzzword these days. What is your processing plant? Let's uh, let's put it up on a pedestal and uh, let let's hear about it because we haven't talked much about it, but we're going to start talking a lot about it. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and, you know, Jason made so many comments, you know, it is about market access. And one of the cool things is it's also, uh, you know, about rancher access. So, you know, Jason and I have had a few calls where we can share, I can say, Hey, Jason, you know, things are working over in my, my region that maybe don't work in his and, and hell, he, he shared some great information with me in the last few weeks that has helped me with my operation. So it's a, it's a good open source uh, for us to communicate. Coming back to what you were saying though, you know, with the processing plant, we're building about a 15,000 square foot facility capacity initially to to hang 150 head a week, but we really anticipate being able to, to harvest and process around 250 head. Um, we are a USDA facility, um, so we'll be able to, to label all beef as being inspected. All of our cattle will be treated with uh, a, water, a water and vinegar base. Uh, a lot of folks don't realize that they have to, most USDA facilities have to spray your carcass with chemicals. Uh, for safety precautions, we decided to go a different route. Um, has a little more documentation that goes behind it, but um, we're very adamant about, um, you know, trying to keep preservatives and all that added shit that they uh, put into your meat, keep it out. We keep ours antibiotic and hormone free for a reason. There's no use in changing that up at the finish line. Uh, we want to bring a healthy uh, product to the market and we want to create an environment because if Jason were in Texas, he'd be my first customer. Uh, <laughs> we would want to drag him along with us, but we're trying to create a syncrasy where producers can come have a place to do it. And then hopefully just the same, if they don't have the market access or maybe they don't have the time or, or even the experience to want to go into retail, we can help fill that void and help them move their product too. So now we're helping more and more ranchers be able to earn exactly like Jason said, a living wage and not just a tax write-off uh, because so many for so long, we're just scraping by uh, to hopefully pay taxes and, and stay current, maybe even get uh, our operating capital paid for for the year. Um, and that needs to stop. Yeah, it does. It, let's let's do a quick just rundown. It doesn't take much. And Cole, you can break it down pretty fast. And then I want to go back into you're talking about this helping out the ranchers. Like you and I have got a short list of ranchers right now that we're qualifying and vetting to come through the um, beef initiative and through the processing center and just the beef initiative certification that we're uh, shooting for. So saying that, uh, let's break down whenever you open up your own processing center, whenever you control it from the soil to the grass to the cow, you're the producer, your own processing center that you have a clean access to, to market access. How much per cow are you going to, how many, how many touch points are you taking away? How many middlemen are you taking away now that you've done a vertical integration straight into clean beef, clean processing, straight to a clean table? Possibly four. So four whereas a lot of producers just raise a calf to four or 500 pounds and take it to a lot, uh, an auction barn then at that point you're usually going to have a backgrounder purchase that animal then he's going to raise it to 750 to 800 pounds and he's going to sell it to a feed yard so now you have two people touching it from there the feed yard is going to raise the animal up to you know 1300 1400 pounds and they're going to sell it to the corporate packer so now you've had three touch points Corporate packer is going to harvest that animal, cut it into primals, and outsource it either to a grocery store or a wholesaler, which is the fourth touch point. From there, a wholesaler may then finally decide to sell it to one more wholesaler who goes out to restaurants. 
which could be a fifth touch point, and then finally get to the consumer. So by doing this, we're cutting out the entire process. We're down to one. And then yeah, you're down to one, and and it's not going to be have uh, it's not going to be very difficult getting these ranchers onboarded within the beef initiative and through the the processing center, kind of like what you're targeting. And we've been working towards what what a lot of people don't understand is the true bottleneck of of basically having the cow process, but also the bottleneck of going into a regenerative route that they can have more faith in, to where they can kind of get underneath. Uh, uh, out from underneath the umbrella of like bear, you know, the chemical under uh, umbrella that most feedlot, you know, ranchers, cow calf operations, all that kind of stuff happens. You, you don't, people don't really understand the breakdown that you're getting, you're doing an industry shift that is basically changing an industry that's going back and looking back at our heritage and kind of where we came from and how, and how empowering that's going to be for these ranchers, because you have these talk conversations with them all the time. Just let, me know kind of the the pulse you know the temperature that they're your conversations that you're having with a few of these guys that are thinking about coming your way through your clean processing plan you know i think jason this probably goes back to what you and i were talking about the other day but we were talking about resting some pastures for 45 days you know there's a level of high density regenerative agriculture which is a great uh, ecological balance but it's not a realistic volume balance for a producer, meaning, you know, if you only have 40 acres, you're only going to be limited on maybe 10 head. Well, if you were able to turn that each animal into a thousand dollars of revenue, that's $10,000 and that's not a living wage. So what Jason and I were talking about is, is if we, you know, being able to get these producers to where like he and I work with developers, water systems, uh, investors to where they have land that needs to be used and making sure we utilize that so that we can grow to enough scale, we can provide a livable wage. Well, what the conversation is that I'm having with producers is, you know, a lot of them just are accepting of the grass program of taking these these calves, weaning them off their moms, and getting them prepared uh, for you know summer grass or, or winter grazing, but they just don't want to put the time at that point. So what we're going to create is an avenue where we monitor, verify all their shot protocols, their their raised or their protocols of raising that calf and the cow. And then being able for us to go in and either let the producer retain ownership and we basically be the steward of that animal all the way to the time it's harvested. Or if they still want out with us being able to verify the whole process, then we'll take them and take that animal to the weight where it needs to to process. And now we're bringing more and more cattle into the food system that we can sleep at night knowing that not only are they healthy and well taken care of, but more so we can take a product to the table that we know hasn't been pumped and sprayed with all kinds of different, different things. And I think we all can feel cleaner knowing where that's coming from. But more importantly, cattle performance is doing really well on this. We're watching our revenues per acre grow higher. We're watching, um, you know, our cattle are yielding well. Jason, I saw your picture the other day, beautiful marbling. You know, we're seeing genetics play a huge role in this. And with regenerative, the more we focus on genetics, the less we have to worry about all that added feed that historically has become the industry. Genetics are helping take some of that percentage off, off the table. Yeah, and that's that's what's going to be so fun about the beef initiative and so freaking valuable about it, because we're going to go down to the genetics. We're going to go down and let people be kind of like, you know, true knowledgeable cattlemen in a way that they've never had access before. And, you know, Jason, we all know that you're your first generational rancher and you're totally different from what Cole is doing in so many different ways from geography. You know, your processing plan, you don't own it, but you basically have free market access through that processing plant. Therefore, you are the market access to your customers. You're not asking permission. So from what Cole just explained, kind of let everybody bounce off of what you're doing and kind of see that you guys are totally different in so many ways, but you're totally the same in every way. Well, it comes down to we're all grass farmers, you know, Texas, Central Texas and Western Colorado. 
we're all growing grass. And as long as you're focusing on the soil and the soil health and the health of the grass, I mean, really at the end of the day, you take care of your ground, it takes care of your cows, and then they take care of you. And that's the fun thing talking with Cole about, you know, um, management strategies, and then also bouncing the idea of those um, partner herds, like what he was talking about, because it's one of those things where if you look at the time that you have in the day, you know, for me from sunlight to sundown every single day, irrigating, because that's one thing here is we're taking snow melt, you know, that comes off the Rocky Mountains and we're using it to irrigate because we get seven inches of precipitation annually. So you can't grow enough of those warm season grasses and cool season grasses like you can in many places, you know, throughout the United States. And so that that, um, you can only control so much land and take care of so much land yourself. And so I've been talking to some friends of mine who, like what Cole mentioned earlier, is like, you know, they don't they don't have the strong um, desire to have that face-to-face interaction with their consumers, but they do a fantastic job with their cattle and their protocols are completely in line with mine. So I've been talking to them about trying to get them either on board with the beef initiative to sell direct to consumer or possibly finish cattle for me to market under the Rick Ranch's label. Because it's one of those things is I want them to be successful because I mean, they're a fifth generation cattle ranch but they're stuck, you know, trying to make the next step and literally living from one operating note to the next um, because that's just how so many of them do, you know, and it's, I'm trying to convince them, you know, that they need to look at direct marketing or we need to talk about, you know, partnering up on cattle to where they can feed more cattle because my market access is big enough and growing every day that we could easily sell another 50 beads you know, through our exposure in the beef initiative. And also, you know, just as, as the Bitcoin carnivore scene continues to grow and people are seeing how much positive health changes that they have in their life when they get away from the processed crap and the sugar and the grains and start eating more and more meat, just how much better they feel, you know, the brain fog goes away, how much more stamina they have. Um, so we continue to grow that part of this, you know, th- this group, this initiative that we've got that we're, we're working together. And, and that's will then come back to processing access. So if I'm doing 50 a year myself, am I going to have enough slots to do an additional 50? And that's where you start talking about building another microprocessor to where we can literally completely vertically integrate all the way from the soil, all the way to the end consumer and human health. And so that's, that's the great exciting thing about that is then not only are you regenerating soil through your regenerative practices, you're also able to capture every portion of the profitability from start to finish and getting that back to the farm gate, which is really at the end of the day, what we're trying to do, keep all of these families on their land, and help them to navigate the regenerative ag process to where they can have healthy soil for the next generation. Yeah, and and that's what's so um, kind of exciting about right now because, you know, the world right now within the beef industry and everything, how it's being manipulated, there is a war on beef right now. Uh, I don't think the, the general public truly understands the power and the money behind the war on beef. And by um, all of us working together, we you, you as the individual ranchers get extremely more empowered. We have a lot of leverage, and we actually are punching through a system that's trying to be broken in certain ways ways and so Cole whenever whenever we get going and you and I've been talking because you've been shipping you know national right now whenever we started selling through the beef initiative um, in the long run though what we really want people to understand that this is a regional and a state thing that we're trying to accomplish here we want Cole Bolton of KNC cattle be to be the most powerful and the most trusted and respected uh, beef supplier through the beef initiative in the state of Texas we want that to be the same thing for Jason Rick of Rick Ranches. And by by saying that, Cole, how do you see us moving forward within the next six months? What do you see as red flags that are about to happen in the beef industry? What you're seeing from your purview in Texas? And then how are we going to kind of combat what's going on within the beef industry itself? It's a great and very loaded question. So, you know. <laughs> Texas, Texas, although we've had some rain, 
we're still in pretty severe drought conditions and in the breadbasket of of Texas being the panhandle. Uh, that's where the majority of cattle and large portion of crops are grown. Um, our coast, uh, our coastline produces a ton of corn. I, I'm talking more from a commercial standpoint, but it mm-hmm. impacts the farm to table movement. So uh, the coast uh, of Texas has had little to no rain, which produces a ton of soybean, uh, corn and cotton. The Midwest, uh, really the West Coast has been in huge droughts. Um, so this is what's happened. Colorado, certain parts of Colorado has been the same way. New Mexico hadn't seen rain in so long, they don't know what it looks like. So we killed, we're already down 10% in our herd sizes. So we've, we've har- harvested all these mama cows, either because we didn't have forage uh, with rain or we were culling through herds. Uh, COVID kind of created some of this. Well, then you hit the drought. Well, now what's going to happen is our input costs have tripled, quadrupled. Um, and so we're going to have either hay shortages or an obnoxiously expensive cost for round bells. We're already hearing $125 for a round bell. Typically, I can do them myself, 40, 45 bucks. Um, mm-hmm. Now we're charging that just to roll them for people. Mm-hmm. So we've tripled that cost. We have continued to increase uh, input costs in feeding commercially. So this is what, in a nutshell, what will likely happen. You're probably going to see beef over the next 12 to 18 months where a 500-pound calf for the last three years has averaged anywhere from $700 to $850 for that animal. I would not be surprised if we see the same thing that happened in 2011 and we see $1,500 calves at 500 pounds. So what does that do to the retail side? We've had now... The other day I posted it was 16 processing facilities. I was corrected. Now we're at 23 that have burned down. Um, we have fewer and fewer facilities producing. We have fewer and fewer animals going into the feed yard platform. Uh, we're going to have a gap. And so either the processors being the, the big companies, you know, Cargill and JBS, they're going to have to start paying the ranchers more and shrink significantly their margin, which I don't see that happening. Or the retailer is going to have to shrink their margin, which they can't. Uh, so therefore, the consumer is going to have to pay more. So I think we're going to see 100% the farm to table movement and people continuing to buy direct from their ranchers continue to increase. It is a small capital investment to buy a seven or a 14 cubic foot freezer, but from the savings, you can save hundreds of dollars, not only comparing to grocery stores, but if you really look at overall health and what regenerative beef can bring back to your table, I can't put a value necessarily on the health savings at this point. Yeah, and that's one thing that everybody always kind of misses out on is is the health aspect of it. You know, you know, our health in the United States is being challenged. We all know that. We're not going to go down that uh, roadmap right now. But what what it is is it's a bigger picture that everybody needs to start looking at with their consumption model. That's what I call it. Is you know you need to change what you're you know, your audio, your video, and your food. And your your consumption model needs kind of a kind of a long term uh, planning right now. Like you said, you you know, a a freezer that you can buy and basically store a quarter or a half or a full cow. Uh, Simple things like that, knowing that a quarter cow goes into four cubic feet freezer. You need an eight one for a half and then you 16 for a full cow. And by saying that, Jason, what what uh, Cole just said, I mean, you guys are different ranchers, different parts of the country. Uh, You have different clientele. Uh, basically, like I said before, but you're all the same in so many different ways. Are you uh, relating to exactly what Cole just said? Well, yeah, you know, I've already taken orders for our fall butcher. And so the ones that had already deposited, um, they're locked in for, you know, the 2022 prices. Everyone else, I, you know, emailed them out and I said, we're going to have to raise our prices just because the price of diesel has increased so much. So even just hauling them to the to the butcher is gonna cost me more money and then picking them up and delivering them is gonna cost me more money as well. And nobody batted an eye because they're actually doing the math themselves. And so when you can buy a whole beef and get every part of it, 
you know, including processing for $8 a pound for everything from your fillets to the ground beef and everything else. When you crunch the numbers of 16 pound, eight or $16, $18, $22 a pound cuts, and you add those up, you're still saving $150, $200, $250, depending on where you're sourcing your beef. And you have the opportunity to cook every single cut that there is in a quarter or a half or a whole beef which people are, you know, this time of year, everybody's grilling and they're excited about grilling steaks, you know, and then in the, in the fall, in the winter, everyone's putting roasts in a crock pot or doing stews and all of that stuff. You have all these opportunities to uh, feed your family. Some of those meals that we grew up eating, you know, and that grandma taught us how to make when we were staying with them, that where people are getting back into the kitchen and cooking again. So that's that's the other part of it that I just really love and enjoy talking to people about and um, and sharing that with more and more people all the time. Yeah, and you, you just reminded me, uh, Cole, you put out something yesterday, and I think the demand for both y'all has been increasing as far as the quarters, the halves, and the full cows. And you made a posting yesterday, Cole, and we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, waiting to where we got closer to the processing center opening. And you put a, you put something out yesterday. It's a new offering, and we're going to be offering it through, you know, KNC Cattle, Beef Initiative, and everything. You want to tell everybody about that since we've got the attention of everybody listening about quarters and halves and holes. yeah so and, and it kind of goes back to exactly what jason's saying you know one thing is you're trying to source in your region uh buying a quarter half or whole beef what does that mean cows are, are split in half when we harvest them the half hangs on the rail to give it time for the meat to break down and for the muscle tissue to start to weaken the reason that farm to table be, or you know, direct from the rancher beef tastes so much better, aside from all the stuff that they put in them traditionally, the aging process makes a huge difference. That's where you taste the flavor profile that's so different. But, you know, Jason and I have to battle this too. There are a lot of folks that have one or two cows who saw us, you know, saw producers on the internet selling beef. And so they think now they're going to sell their calf. You need to very thoroughly vet your producer and understand what kind of animal they're raising to what weight are they going to harvest them at because you made the comment slim that you need a you know an eight foot or cubic foot for a, a half or a 16 well sadly jason and i have been to the processor and an eight cubic foot could have fit the whole damn cow that they took um, wow. because it weighed 500 pounds <laughs> and right. so there's a big difference in that but we um we're making a huge push in our our quarters halves and holes it saves the customer more money it gives them a large variety of beef to choose from and we're working with uh, some other groups to be able to provide or some other groups to be able to provide menus for these different cuts that maybe you've never heard of um, which I think is a huge thing because I'm not the best chef in the world. I try all kinds of stuff because we're kind of in the business of doing it. And it's open to my eyes to where my wife and I now eat. I have a very busy schedule. I've eaten like crap for a long time. And I've been a fast food junkie, not because I like it, because I was on the run. But now we're, you know, we're cooking during the week and I'm eating leftovers driving down the road. And damn, it tastes so much better. So we are going to make a huge push and, and do that offering. I did not have the capacity uh, because I did not have the kill spots available. Um, right. You know, we, we harvest every week uh, using the third party and we've had a great processor who's worked for it or worked with us. But now that we'll have our own, we can open that volume up um, because we can turn that switch on. And because of what Jason said, we're partnering with more and more ranchers with better genetics, following a similar profile and bringing that access to more and more consumer or customers, because now they're realizing like, man, half a beef sounds like a lot, whether it's, you know, $8 a pound, $6 a pound, every, everything is relative to where you're at and what costs are. Right. But at the end of the day, the dollar for dollar still will beat, but more importantly, it's value. Um, it's the, the quality of the beef in which you're getting, you know, we guarantee you're going to get choice or prime from us every single time. And then we have people go nuts. They do it too. I see it with Jason's people are like, Oh my God, it's the best ground beef I've ever eaten. Yes. It tastes a lot different when you age it and you pull out all the water weight and you keep an 80, 20 mixture, you don't lose half your meat when you throw it in a skillet. We're encouraging people to really look at buying in bulk. 
for me, I actually don't make as much money. I make more money when we sell the smaller boxes. Yeah. And so one would ask, like, why in the hell would we push that? Because the more product we get in front of customers and they put on their dinner table, the more and more, the higher the adoption rate will be across the United States. And that's what we're pushing for. That's what Jason's pushing for. And that's what we're hoping ranchers in California and Oregon and Washington and New York turn the light bulb on and say, you know what? We want to grow a business and not just a hobby. We want to put a legitimate plan together to bring quality product to the table all across the United States. Yeah. And in by, by whenever we grow out Texas with more producers and we, we concentrate more on Texas coal within the beef initiative, you and I, and our partnership that we have, you know what, that's going to open the door. And that's what, one of the reasons I'm here in Tennessee, you know, Jason, you have a very good uh, foothold in Colorado right now. You have set the standard. You are leading the way. I mean, it's amazing the amount of people that you talk to every day and every week and how, how, how much Colorado is going to grow within your protocol in your region and in what you have access to, you know, by doing this, you know, re, one of the big reasons I'm in uh, Tennessee right now, I'm in Nashville is to basically, well, Tennessee wants to get involved in within the Bitcoin community. They've been wonderful to me so far. They've been very, very interested. Everybody's really paying attention to the the um, the intelligence that we're giving to them, the new food intelligence that we're providing. And I'm in talks right now with Nashville Bitcoiners, and they want to have a headquarters in Tennessee. And I said, well, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to get these two very good friends and ranchers on this podcast today, and we're going to let know everybody know that across the United States, this is where we are within the beef initiative. We're going to start bringing it very hard within each state. We want each state to have their own beef initiative and we want the ranchers to step up and come on. Let's get into the beef initiative. Let's start having these discussions. Let's follow the, the basically the, the, the standard that all three of us have, 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 basically established in a short period of time um within tennessee i just see it being a very powerful uh state because the relationship it's kind of a sister state to both colorado and texas in so many different ways right now there you can't really compare but there's a lot of similarities uh by us establishing a headquarters here in tennessee what that's going to allow is going to allow cole bolton to really focus on texas it's going to allow jason rick to really focus on colorado and then the the new people People that we're bringing in from Tennessee, they're going to take over Tennessee. Who's going to be those next states? This is the utmost important because COVID, <laughs> you don't you battle it, Jason. You don't have to. This is another thing that you have two different business models. Call one thing that you battle all the time. The only complaints I ever hear about is shipping. shipping. It, yep. It's shipping, and so, so by for anyone listening to the podcast, <laughs> sorry, I don't mean yeah. to interrupt because no, Jason it's your all, turn, man. <laughs> Well, we'll probably get some calls after this uh, from folks who want to buy a quarter, half, or whole from us. It's right. great. We would love to. But here's the realist, or the reality of it. If we try to ship a quarter to you, minimum 300 bucks because we got to ship to you overnight. We know it's not logical. We know it's not rational. That is why we're trying to spread all across the country with producers in those states. We love you. We want to help you. But the freight doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's why, you know, that you, you said something to me the other day, Cole, and I'm going to go ahead and share it. And you said, man, you're a genius for going after the Bitcoin community. <laughs> you know, a lot yeah. of people don't understand why the beef initiative was basically grounded in the Bitcoin community. Well, it's because they're very intentional. They want the truth. They want clean food. They're very, very passionate about helping, you know, um, sovereign individuals sovereign ranchers they want to be part of this movement that the beef initiative is basically given a voice to the american rancher again and you know that's a beautiful thing that we have on our side that you know all of us every day we talk about the bitcoin community and we say man these guys are really been you know they've stepped up i mean you call you said every time you do a podcast you know the we sell a hell of a lot more beef boxes and so everybody's yeah. starting to tune in and i think it's really our big responsibility a lot of time in the ranching industry, people think that there's a competition here. And whenever you guys are regenerative farmer and rancher, grass farmers, guess what? There is no freaking competition here, man. We've got to help each other. We've got to have as many 
producers into the beef initiative as we can so we can actually help every one of you survive and thrive. And um, that's that's what's beautiful about this. But it's something I want to really hit home with and everybody's understanding, especially the producers out there. We want you into the beef initiative. We want you to have the successes that Cole and Jason have have are having right now. With uh, my workings in Tennessee, the Texas to Tennessee tour, there's a lot of things that I'm going to be announcing. Um, one thing is that we have developed an endowment trust scholarship fund. Before I said, Jason, we're building pillars for the rancher basically to have some new empowerment and have some leverage to basically monetize a new revenue stream perhaps in the long run to create to where you are the authority of what you're doing. You are your brand and you get to take ownership of that brand again. Okay, you and and you and Cole both have two different forms of education. What I've decided to do is, you know, establish this endowment trust scholarship fund and each one of you guys are going to get a scholarship that is in your name and you're going to be able to have a scholarship awarded to somebody that you want to educate. The younger generation is being lost. I mean, Cole, you were part of FFA, 4-H, everything from the day, the days that you could walk. And, you know, you know how important education is. Jason, you are actually, you know, you, you did observational science. You passed it down from your your ancestors and everything both of you learned in different ways but now the beef initiative is basically going to empower you as the rancher to have a voice of education in the ranching industry in the united states and you know that's what one of the biggest things that i've wanted to do from the very beginning is put the emphasis of education back into the minds of everybody the education of food intelligence the education of our youth and to be able to, for you guys to have a legacy of your protocol and what you do every day that means so much to you and how much you firmly believe in it that's just another way that we're going to basically give you a, a voice again Jason, we're going to be announcing this in, um, you know, in Colorado, of course, but um, as far as the scholarship program and you being able to have another pillar of that you can have for your, your stability of your ranch and your lifestyle, what do you feel about being an educator and what do you feel about being able to have this avenue in this roadmap to be able to teach the younger generation? Well, I mean, really, that's fundamental. That's why I volunteer as an ag mechanics coach here at, at our North Fork High School, um, FFA and ag mechanics, because we've lost so many of these necessary tools, whether it is agronomy, whether it is mechanics, whether it's welding, machining, uh, manufacturing, building. I mean, there are so many things that you just used to have to know to be able to be a cattle rancher or a farmer or even just live in rural America. It's one of those things where there's so many very, very hungry people who are just yearning for all of that kind of education. That's the thing for me is, is I love teaching people. It was, it was the same way, you know, when I was in the Marine Corps and I was a, a, a NCO and teaching the new guys, you know, avionics and, and, and mechanical and electrical and hydraulics, all of these systems. And the same thing in the coal mines, you know, teaching the new guys, the ones that were hungry to learn, I would take them under my wing and they would, I would essentially train them to replace me because I wanted to pour all the knowledge and everything that I learned into them and give them success, give them a leg up on the next guy who wasn't willing to put in the time. And so as far as through the beef initiative and through, you know, my vocation, my current vocation, totally excited, completely pumped to be able to pass that on to the next generation. I mean, fortunately for me, I have two kids and they are, they're fantastic. I mean, I've trained my son on how to irrigate on our home place and he's taken a lot of the pressure off of me so I can focus on some other projects, but they have a real vested interest because they, you know, they, my, my kids own almost as many cows as I do because that's how we started their college funds as I was giving them a calf every year. And then they could choose what we do with their calves, you know, whether they wanted to sell them or keep them, show them whatever. And that's what's helped build their college funds. So something like this, where you can take that and you can educate someone who is interested and truly wants to either do what I do or learn enough that they want to make sure that they don't do what I do, whatever that happens to be, because there are some people that just can't hack it. I don't know how many guys I've gone that wanted to come out and volunteer and help me for a day. <laughs> and oftentimes by lunch, they're shot. 
And um, yeah, they're yeah. like, we can't believe you can do this all day, every day. And I'm like, well, now you know why there's less than 1% of the country's population is in farming and ranching is because it's pretty darn tough work. Yeah. And we're going to have to structure that, you know, it's, it's not fanboy and fangirl type stuff. This is really true intentional living. It's, it's really proof of work. Um, and Cole, uh, you know, you, you, your education was a lot different. You know, you went through university and everything, Well, you grew up ranching, of course, your fourth generational ranching. And you and I've had a lot of talks about bringing in people, you know, in your direction, because you have a lot of connections within the education world in the state of Texas, you know, in, in your, your, scholarship that you will have in your name is going to be totally different than somebody like Jason. And so that's going to be the beautiful thing about this. Once again, you guys are different types of ranchers and everything, but you're so similar in every way. So that way it, it is a structure that it's a regional structure. It is a geographical structure and it's actually a philosophy structure based on the heritage in which you're working with. So Cole, uh, you, you just announced that you basically, you know, you, you were able to uh, trade beef for a full Bitcoin well because uh you've done that then i've been just waiting to say that hey well i'm going to put up one full bitcoin it's going to be the endowment trust fund basic layer that we're going to create this scholarship fund so now you have a bitcoin and now everybody in this scholarship fund has a bitcoin and what we're going to do is we're going to have everybody start asking we're going to say hey let's do some value for a value exchange you want to give back Let's give it into the endowment trust fund that's basically going to help educate and it's going to help you ranchers because I can see a lot of different ways that this is going to go. How do you see it working for you, Cole? How do you see that really establishing you in the state of Texas as an educator, as an innovator within the processing center, and as a, a true rancher that comes from Texas her heritage and legacy? Well, you asked uh, Jason <clears throat> a question not too long ago and, and you made you made mention about how I said uh, uh, you know you're a genius for going to Bitcoin and you asked Jason about education well here's the thing Bitcoin was a perfect community and I'm going to answer your question but it kind of leads into it Bitcoin was Please. a perfect community to go to because they cared you know when I started and I'm sure Jason it was the same way for you I was on Facebook Instagram Twitter you name all the social platforms People didn't care about the story. They didn't, they weren't as cognizant, unless I was selling to people that were extremely hypersensitive on their diet or were, you know, really, really interested in, in, in healthy foods. They didn't really care. They wanted to know price. Mm -hmm. And it's a value for value trade. Mm -hmm. If you want to buy quality, go with us. If you want to buy cheap shit that's not real healthy for you, go to the grocery store, right? Mm -hmm. So what we saw with the Bitcoin community is you had another support group besides the, you know, like vegans are real strong, but don't really support beef. Uh, you have organic people that are really strong, but they, you know, they aren't always the biggest supporters of beef either. So what we find ourselves doing 99% of the time, once we could finally get the opportunity to sell to someone, we spend 99% educating. That's our interaction with customers. It's not selling. It's not telling them, hey, you need to buy this ribeye for $20. It's saying you need to buy this half of beef because now you not only are you securing food for your family, most importantly, uh, you're, you know, you're securing your health. You're securing quality of genetics. You're securing you're not going to get a bunch of added hormones. You're not going to get antibiotics. This is how the animal was raised. And people are finally getting to go back to rural America and live that lifestyle, just like Jason said. They're getting to experience something. It's a, it, it truly is a movement for folks that we can be blinded to as producers because we're like, well, hell, I got to get up. I got to go feed. It's snowing outside. It's four in the morning. We get immune to it. But a lot of people are hungry for it. And you can live that through the beef initiative, through the producers. We can provide that experience for you. You know, how do I see how do I see this going and spreading? I think um, more and more, we're going to focus our time and efforts in trying to let people better understand where their beef comes from, why it's raised the way that it is. We're not, you know, we're not a radical group that's saying all these producers across the country have done everything wrong because where I'm different, I was one of them. That's how I got into yeah. this. I've been in the commercial sector my whole life. 
what we're saying is guys there's another way we can raise our beef and not let people keep taking our earnings away from us and at the same time we can build some really good relationships and that's where our education comes into place we build relationships with our customer base we educate them they tell the next consumer the next consumer calls us becomes a customer we continue to educate them and if we have that stair-step approach all across the United States, it'll be amazing at the things that we can change. We're not saying everyone's doing everything wrong. And I don't believe that's the case. We've been doing what paid the bills or what we thought we could do to earn a living in this industry. Now we're trying to set an example for there's another way. And now we can go produce it. We don't need the big boys telling us how, when, where, and why. Oh, and by the way, since you did everything we said, yeah, we're only going to give you 5% of the value. We're saying no to that. So that's, that's my big speech of how I'm going to change things, but that's how I want to educate. Well, and, and you bring up a good point because, you know, you come from a banking background, uh, you went to Texas Tech. Uh, there's things about your scholarship program that you'll be able to really highlight on because you did. You went through a transformation and now here you are. And one thing, you know, you, the business approach that you're taking is going to be different from the business approach that Jason's taking. So the scholarship, you know, the, the people that actually do get re, uh, awarded this scholarship on the individual basis, they're going to learn so much about regenerative. They're going to learn so much about business models and basically, you know, capital. There's going to be things that you're just not going to learn in university or institutions. And that's what's going to be good because, like you said, 99% of your time is educating. And if you're not educating, there's, there's an issue within your business model, to tell you the truth. You're relying on something that is vulnerable and weak. And, and if you're not putting the proof of work of education into the beef industry that we're creating right now through the beef initiative then you're not doing your job and so that's what i really wanted to do is like hey this is going to be the standard of education moving forward we don't have to ask for permission anymore we have market access vertical integration back into basically human health and the american rancher is leading that um, yeah. I know that we have an hour here and what we need to do right now basically is let's let's kind of shift and um, let's let's talk about, you know, how we're moving forward. But let's really talk about your conference, Jason, that uh, it's your turn. It's your turn to have the, the conference in Colorado. Uh, it's July 22nd through 23rd, 24th. It's a three day conference. It's, it's totally different from Kerrville, which was by design. And uh, let's uh, let's have a little advertisement marketing for Jason, Jason Rick and uh, the Colorado Beef Initiative Conference in Crawford, Colorado. Yeah, thanks, Lim. So it's, exci it's exciting. I mean, you know, we first originally talked about a one-day conference, and it's one of those things where you can't see and do everything that you need to, and then we started amassing this fantastic lineup of speakers, and we got to make sure we give everybody the time that they need. So number one, Western Colorado is a vacation destination. I mean, if you want to do whitewater rafting, if you want to do mountain biking, if you want to do mountain climbing, if you want to do whatever, fly fishing, all of these things, it is, it is an outdoor recreation mecca. It's one of those things where people come in from all over the world to come here and recreate and play outside. So the scenery is beautiful. Friday's going to be at Crawford uh, State Park at the Reservoir, and uh, we're going to have a meat fest dinner there with the um, – um oh oh I've, i just had a brain is fart it, is it uh, gourmet caveman yes no, anarchy taco is going to do on oh, friday that, that's right that's friday yeah right so then saturday we're going to have some friends of mine grilling rick ranch's burgers fresh beef brats jalapeno brats we're going to have grilled veggies picked right off of the farm you know, from our surrounding farms for lunch. Then we're going to have gourmet caveman for dinner and have a full-blown meat fest. We've got a connection with lamb, a connection with pork, a connection with pastured poultry, and of course, Rick Ranch's beef. Um, so we're going to have a full-blown meat fest on Saturday. Sunday morning, we're going to have a devotional. And then, of course, we've got the Rocky Mount Farmers Union is going to do a farmer's lunch. And what a farmer's lunch, if anybody doesn't know, is they charge you what the farmer would get at the farm gate for the meal. 
to just show you how little farmers and ranchers are actually getting paid for what it is that you're buying in the store. And then, of course, it's donations on top of that. So we'll have fresh Olathe sweet corn. We'll have cherries and peaches, you know, all local cherries and peaches, vegetables, um, you know, smoked meats, all of these things. So you can have, we'll have another meat fest on Sunday. So, of course, when you get ranchers, Bitcoiners, and carnivores together, you can imagine you're not going to leave hungry. So, I mean, you look at their speakers, both of the uh, Meat Mafia boys are going to be there, Clemenza and Salazzo. Then we're going to have Jessica. We're going to have Katie the Russian. We're going to have AK-47. We're going to have uh, Arceris. We're going to have uh, Rob Bikes and Bitcoin. We're going to have the Econo Alchemist. And, of course, Slim and myself. It, it's, it's, a, it's an action-packed, and we're going to cover all the bases. We're going to talk about home mining, security, networks, um, human health, women's health, children's health, homeschooling, regenerative ranching, grass-fed, grass-finished beef. Um, and then, of course, we're going to do vineyard tours, farm tours, ranch tours, garden tours. Um, the whole community is involved. They're all stoked and excited about getting involved. And so it's one of those things where if you need to get away from whatever fiat life that you're living in, or even if you just need a break or a vacation, why not come to Western Colorado, get the education, and just get away? You know, network with some fantastic people, eat some fantastic food, and just take in all of God's bounty that we have here in the North Fork Valley of Colorado. I love it. And it, it, you, we're about seven weeks out right now and we're going to start, you know, we, we've been kind of laying low a little bit. You guys have been a little bit busy. So we're, we're waiting to get, build up that anticipation, but uh, yeah, we're really going to start uh, blowing at the you know top of the mountaintop about the Colorado beef initiative conference. And it's, it's going to be something that uh, I think a lot of people are going to, you, you don't need to wait around to buy these tickets is what I'm saying. So uh, we're going to have uh, more information coming out. Jason and I will have another podcast at some time soon uh cole you couldn't do a conference right now if you tried you're opening up a dang processing center a usda processing center in central texas and uh we want to give you full time and freedom to do that but you know you are going to be busy this summer but you and i have also talked about well what are we going to do at the end of the year well guess what guys we're going to have another conference basically back in uh cole's place so talk about what we're kind of you know mentioning around the corners cole what would you like to see at the end of the year once the processing center's up we have new high volume market access across the state of texas how can we end this year this year with a conference or a gala or whatever you want to call it yeah we're we're gonna have um in texas we'll just call it a hell of a shindig um yeah we're gonna have an event out at the ranch for y'all to be able to see my partner has a a cell barn that's out of this world um, uh, that we'll, we'll host it at. We're going to give tours to the processing facility. Um, we're, you know, as anytime I, I want to do an event like Jason, you're not going to leave hungry, but we'll get a whole, whole lot of, a lot of details uh, in the, in the coming months. Uh, I'm focused really uh, most all my time. You know, we've had a lot of folks like Jason said, reach out wanting to come tour the ranch and, and come out um, just because right now I'm spread extremely thin and finding uh, finding time has been a little difficult. I have all my all my guys run in ten directions, but um, you know we we're going to bring that back this fall and, and give people time to come out and experience uh, experience what we do at the ranch and, and look forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be a, that'll be kind of one of the bigger ones that we have. Um, let's uh, let's let's we said one hour. I want to I want to give a shout out to everybody in Nashville right now and across the state of Tennessee real quick. Uh, you guys go to nashbitcoiners.com. Uh, they're going to have a big meetup in Nashville tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of announcements. I'll be talking about a lot of what Cole and Jason and I have just conversated about this last hour. We're going to really start showing everybody that there is success here. There is something there's a there's a new way to look at 
the beef industry in the United States of America, and we're going to lead it through the beef initiative, NashBitcoiners.com. Um, also, in look up, uh, we're going to I'm going to be uh, joining a meetup in Knoxville, uh, one in Chattanooga. I'm going to North Carolina. I'm going to South Carolina. I've got an invitation to Alabama, Georgia right now. Even some people want me down in Florida, and everybody's like, well, "What is? What are you doing, Slim? Why are you doing all this?" Well, it takes proof of work and going and meeting people and letting them know exactly what we've just accomplished and where we're going with that. So pay, pay attention to the Beef Initiative. Go to beefinitiative.com. Share this link. Let them know what these ranchers are doing within the Beef Initiative. Let's, let's join together and build out this index within the Beef Initiative of more producers. They need our help. We need to assist them. We need the education. We need each stake to step up. It's time. The time is now because I guarantee you come from this fall, there's going to be a new understanding of market access when it's to beef. Some people are going to really have a very secure market access and some people are not going to understand where they're going to go next for their next uh, animal protein to tell you the truth um, this is happening it is a food industry shift it's a global industry shift that is happening right in front of our eyes and one thing about the bitcoiners they know how to plan ahead and that's what's gonna what's about to take place within the bitcoin industry or not the bitcoin industry the bitcoin community and the beef industry space so guys thank you so much there's so much more that we're going to talk about Cole, in closing, anything else you'd like to say to anybody? I know you got to run. No, I appreciate the time. And uh, folks, stay out of them local supermarkets and keep buying from your local producers. They need it. Uh, we're all out here doing our best to, to you know, show proof of work and, and to earn a living. Um, you, you, One thing you handed on earlier, I did want to make a little comment on, where Jason and I have different business models. You know, I built what we tried to do on a volume game because we're trying to get a whole lot of producers, but that was also knowing we're open a processing plant, right? Right. In a perfect world, the model we're trying to encourage producers to do is exactly what Jason's doing. Raise a good quality herd. Get your numbers up to where it makes logical sense so we, as a producer, you can make a living. But most importantly, also keep it small enough because we want to keep those relationships. That's what the beef initiative's about. We want we want people helping people, people feeding people, and people teaching people. And I think that's my comments. <laughs> no, I, I think it's 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 a national movement, man. That's what it, this is. It's a national movement of what Cole Bolton of KNC Cattle just said. So thank you, Cole. That's a I like that. Jason, how about yourself? Yeah, it's one of those things where it's all about quality of life. You know, we run sun up to sun down just because we're trying to chase the sweet spot to be able to be sustainable financially, you know, viable and also have, you know, enough time to be able to spend time with our family because our kids grow up fast. And the next thing you know, they're gone. It's one of those things where having market access and having that direct consumer business is the only way for many small producers to be able to make a living wage and prioritize their family time. And it's one of those things where we can help each other by choosing to buy direct to consumer instead of going to the grocery store chain. And it's, it's one of those things that I can't preach enough is the more people I talk to and tell them our story and our protocol, the more customers I nearly instantly have because so many of them are so far removed from where their food comes from. When they actually meet someone that's doing it, they want to do everything in their power to support them. And that's one, that's a great thing about the beef initiative, bringing all these parties together in one place where you can go search us all out, whoever your local producer is and reach out to us and have that conversation. I love it. Um, and you're so right. And Jason, you're always so clear of message. And Cole, you're the same. There's no doubts here, everybody. This is proof of work. This is moving forward. This is not some niche thing that's going on. This is actually a new lifestyle that you really need to pay attention to. I cannot emphasize it enough. We always think that, oh, we have the convenience of having, you know, plenty of food in this nation. Well, I guarantee you there's something that's about to happen that a lot of people have, are not prepared for. Why even worry? about it let's develop these relationships with men like cole bolton and jason rick 
They're, they're, they're the, the salt of the earth. They come from good spirit. And, and I guarantee you they come from good heritage. So everybody out there, let's get involved. Let's make the Beef Initiative a global movement. Let's start right here in Texas, Colorado, Tennessee, where I am right now. Let's start it across the nation and let's take control back of how our nutrition and how we're going to raise our kids and give them nutritional value moving forward. Gentlemen, go uh, go back to work. You've been slacking too long. Uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, Cole, I'll see you uh, whenever I come back through Texas on my way to Colorado. Uh, appreciate you guys. Much respect, and we'll be talking to you soon. Everybody else, uh, pay attention. Texas to Tennessee, barn raising tours moving forward. Help out uh, Slim. Go uh, meet some more producers. Let's get them orange-pilled. Let's get uh, Slim just a little bit of gas, and let's really uh, donate to a scholarship fund that's going to set the standard in all of this that we're doing. Peace, cow pill, everybody. Slim. Cow pill. Cow pill. Cow, cow pill. pill. Is that is that what we're gonna do? Okay. Cow I'm gonna pill. let before we sign off, is it is it cow pilling or ranch pilling? What do we wanna what do we wanna use? It's mm. up to you guys. You get to say cow pilling. I think cow pill. Okay, let's. I'll change it then. It's going to be cow pilling. So we're going to we're going to um, or uh, we're going to Bitcoin. What is it? We're going to orange pill ranchers because we can't orange pill cows. But we're going to orange pill ranchers and we're going to cow pill um, the Bitcoiners. How's that? That's right. That's right. All right. Let's get busy. It's it's a it's a dual uh, balance of responsibility. So everybody step up. All right, guys, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Everybody else out there, thanks for tuning in. Uh, please share this. Uh, this uh, we're, of course, shadow band because we talk about food intelligence a lot. So share this with your family and friends. Uh, stay supportive, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Here at the Beef Initiative, we encourage all your ranchers out there to tell us who and where you are so we can let everybody know they're looking for you. This time I'm shouting out KNC Cattle out of Austin, Texas. KNCCattle.com. Cole, he's a fourth generational Texas rancher. He knows what he's doing.